1: What is going on, everybody. It's Brendan Abbott coming to you with the KBR Sports Podcast. You already know the best sports podcast of your 24-hour day. Hopefully, everybody has enjoyed their week so far. Hopefully, everybody is going to be having a great Thanksgiving and looking forward to all the food and all the Thanksgiving Day plans you might have in store. And I'm hoping everybody has a safe day for sure. I know a lot of people are going to be Having different pursuits, trying to celebrate Thanksgiving while also capitalizing on Black Friday deals. So, definitely, guys, if you are going to be going out, doing shopping, getting last minute Thanksgiving Day items, be safe. Make sure you guys are on top of it all. And I want to make sure everybody is thankful for so many things throughout. Thanksgiving, just don't forget the reason for the season, okay, so make sure, guys, you also go ahead and follow and subscribe to the KBR Sports Podcast, you can go on Rabble TV, Spreaker, YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud, that way you'll be notified whenever a new podcast is posted, or if I stream live on a podcast, you'll be notified of that as well, so make sure you guys go and do that, then don't forget to also follow my Twitter at @AbinBrendan. And also make sure you follow the KBR sports Twitter page at KBR underscore sports. That way you get the updates and everything on whatever sports news and topics are, are put out on a regular basis, as well as make sure you guys make always comment, leave a review leave a like, whatever you what kind of feedback you want to give on the podcast, that's just the most important thing. I want your feedback. One, just so you guys can voice your opinions. Two, that way I can improve the podcast. And three, just so that I always make sure I'm interacting with you all. I want to make sure I'm having actual dialogue and reading the comments and everything like that are my way of having a dialogue with you all. So I would always appreciate you guys when you leave a comment or give me some kind of feedback on it, whether it is positive or negative. I always do appreciate it. And Guys, I just want to make sure I'm touching on some of the stuff I missed from earlier in the week because I did have a schedule in terms of when the podcast is supposed to be released and... We got jam-packed with a lot of things in regards to different business plans and all that stuff. So ideally, or idealistically, we would have wanted to have it come out right after the Rams and after LeBron dropping 51. I was actually at that game and it just didn't end up working out that way. So the podcast is coming out today and even this evening, not even on time today, just because all the Thanksgiving Day stuff that was going on for a lot of people. So a lot of the editing and all that stuff got pushed back. So Hopefully you guys are able to get tuned into this, obviously, with everybody sitting with their families and stuff. Maybe you just want to slink off. I know that you're going to be in a food coma, but in between games or whatever the case may be, you sleep, you, you'll sneak off a little bit, catch a little KBR sports. Then you go back and enjoy the regular schedule program or even on the way back from wherever you might be going out to, you can come back and chill out and watch some KBR sports, but guys, I also, I just want to make sure I am touching on that 51-point game I alluded to from LeBron on Sunday, it was crazy, man, being there, seeing the atmosphere of everybody in Miami, because it's apparently a thing down here that LeBron doesn't play a lot whenever the heat and late, or whenever he comes down to play the heat, he doesn't play n- normally, so it was a really big deal that he ended up playing, and then it just was wow, because he was ridiculously hot. And it was one of those situations where I watched him and I really took into account how good and how dominant LeBron is as a player from watching him just score on the court and actually seeing it in person. Because on TV, one, you don't realize how big these guys are and how fast and athletic and how imposing they can be on the court. And it makes it more impressive when you see just the little things that LeBron does that are that go for meaning so much down the road of a game. And so when I saw him in the warmups, it wasn't like LeBron was on fire or anything like that or that he was striking, but he just ended up being hot throughout the game because through warmups he wasn't hitting his shots like that. He was not hitting the three ball that with that level of consistency but then game time comes around and the guy goes freaking like for six threes so you i was watching it. i was just like man lebron is really impressive and it's one of those things where you have to take a deep look at him as a player and realize it is his 16th season and most people that are in their 16th season right now whether they're a year or two older than him or whatever the case may be aren't that caliber of player anymore where you realize he's not the they're not the best players at their position they do get hurt frequently and so on LeBron it seems like he's never ever cheated the game and he's just that much of a superior athlete to most that you realize man this guy doesn't get hurt you feel like he never cheats the system. He's always in peak condition. I never watch LeBron James and I'm like, he's not ready to play, or whatever the case may be. I know I'm gonna get either a great performance from him, I'm gonna get what I normally see from him, and if I don't get something that lives up to the standard of what I expect from him, it's like by other people's standards, it's still a great performance. So that's how it comes down to when boiling the judging LeBron James. And so when I watch him, you see just different things at work, watching him live, you see the different passes he makes in very small spaces, how fast he has to make a decision in order to get that pass into that small window, or how much time he has to make sure, like just in a hair of a second, if he is off from making a steal or getting a chase down block, that's a foul, or The defense is going to get the or the offense gets the ball and they're going to go for open dunk or something like that. So you just realize how much these guys athleticism and this every little detail matters when you're watching the game up close and personal. And and you really see just how great of athletes all of them are. And so I always I recommend anybody who has a chance. Make sure you go watch LeBron live, obviously, before he has that dip or whatever the downfall or wherever his turn will come, make sure you guys go and check him out before that time comes because the guy's a pleasure to watch, man. And even in the game that they most recently played against the Cleveland Cavaliers, his return to Cleveland, I mean, that he scored 30-plus points. There's like 34 points, and he was even on it in that game, not from more so three-point range, but he was still just showing his level of dominance. And there's one thing that I've noticed LeBron has done on this Lakers team that he is... Still trying to find things out in terms of he doesn't want to just take over games for the sake of taking them over and just imposing his will, because he knows that's not what's going to help this team win in the long run. And I've seen him do it in the past couple of games. He did it in Miami because there were times when the Lakers were struggling to score and you could feel the game was in that balance. Like there's times in the game when the game Or there's different moments in the game where you can make a run or the other team can make a run and you can feel it. And sometimes it's during those moments where neither team can score. And if the other team scores before yours, then they end up hitting a run because you end up falling behind because you're not able to get any points in. And there's those moments late in games where you feel as though if nobody can score and the game is tied, whoever scores next will most likely win the game. And there were moments throughout the Cleveland game where the Lakers were down. I mean, Jordan Clarkson was so hot and he was on fire that the Lakers fell behind. And there was one shot LeBron hit. He hits a three to tie the game up at one point. And... It was really impressive because you can see how he navigates the game at, t- at times. Like LeBron had 18 in the first half of that cl- return to Cleveland game, and then he finishes with a right around 32 or 34 points, and most of those points were scored in the fourth quarter, but you see in the third quarter, he was really took his f- foot off the gas pedal and he was letting the young guys try to step up and hold, maintain the lead, or even create a bigger lead. And... Just right before I talk on the young players from the Lakers, man, there's there's times man. I look at LeBron's defense, I'm just like, dude, he, he has completely mailed it in. I mean, it's not even hidden at this point. The dude has essentially just said, man, defense and me, what is it? Because it's a good thing he doesn't have a D in his name because I'm happy I don't have to take out any kind of D or anything representative of defense in his name because he just doesn't play it at this point. And while, I mean, I understand the trying to play your energy efficiently and spend it efficiently, but golly, there's times I watch LeBron where he's now at the point where he's just content, where if a guy gets an open three in the corner, or if a defensive rotation is there, he won't even bother making the rotation, he'll just be like, you know what, you got it, we'll see how it goes, and if the guy makes it, he makes it, if he doesn't, he doesn't, and there's so many times I see LeBron do that, I'm just like, dude, what is that, and then I see in late situations, because he'll most times turn it on in a late-game situation, and it'll be a situation where there's about two minutes left in the game, and he'll all of a sudden be like, okay, well, let me turn on my defensive intensity and start trying to lock up on defense, and I'm like, okay, that's great, but you can't get mad at teammates, because the Lakers as a team are bad defensively, they're atrocious, and the reason for that is because they have a lot of miscommunication, and sometimes they just They don't have sound defensive principles. Like they do things that one don't either close out a defensive possession. Or they make bad rotations or they don't make rotations through communication. They just are running into different spaces. They're both running to the same person or something like that and somebody's open. And so and sometimes the hustle isn't there from them as well. Like there are times I was getting mad watching the Cleveland game, because if you go back and watch the tape, there were multiple times late throughout that game where Kyle Kuzma, instead of finishing off the defensive possession by just grabbing the rebound with two hands, he's smacking it against the like he's smacking the ball. And while sometimes it goes into Laker players' hands, by smacking the ball, any that's a live ball for anybody to get. But instead, if Kyle Kuzma just goes up and grabs it with two hands, he secures the possession. You know what I mean? And when you're smacking the ball, it can go off the backboard and go out of bounds or anything. But he just smacks it, and that's just not good defensive principles to secure a rebound. So we have so many situations where if you watch this Laker team, they have to improve on defense if we're going to be talking about these guys being a team that makes it to the Western Conference Finals or anything like that. Because even the young players like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and so on, we have to see them step up because LeBron, yeah, it's nice to see him have these explosions and have games where he can score 44, 51, 32. But this isn't the games where LeBron wants to have to do those performances. If he's going to do these, he wants to do them in the playoffs. He doesn't want to spend the energy doing them now when he doesn't have to, and they don't really count. Like you're in the Western Conference, so every game, your record, you have to be conscientious of your record. You can't just fall behind the rest of the pack and expect to make the playoffs in the Western Conference similar to how you could in the East. So now when you're in a situation where a lot of times the coaches have been noted trying to say they're trying to make sure they're really watching LeBron's minutes. And I've seen numerous occasions where LeBron is being is on the bench, and a guy like Brandon Ingram is in, but LeBron and Kyle Kuzma are out of the game, and. Those are moments where if you're the main star or the main score on the court, you have to either facilitate a shot for somebody else or you have to create your own shot. And make sure you don't let it run, spark off or something like that in which your team falls behind by too much. But there's too many instances when I see those occasions and Brandon Ingram isn't the guy that's stepping up like to become that second guy to LeBron or become that guy that can. Take over in those moments, and it's like everybody's trying to put that tag on him, but I haven't seen it yet. Like, I just don't see it from him. I don't see the Kevin Durant stuff, I see the similar bodybuild and everything, but I don't see that just unstoppable ability to score and that helplessness that defenders have when they're playing against Kevin Durant because it's like he's too tall, his shot is too high, and I just can't even touch him. But there's times, even I feel like when the bench unit comes in, Lance Stevenson is the one that's anchoring. run or keeping them in it because of his energy and his aggressiveness and so on and I don't feel it from Brandon Ingram and even Kyle Kuzma or Alonzo Ball sometimes so those one of those guys has to step up and prove that they are that second guy or whatever the case may be in order for me to believe this guy is going to be the one that's going to end up lined up with LeBron long term or being by LeBron's side long term because If they're not that guy, then you do eventually have to start looking at the possibility of trading one of them or packaging two or more of them for a guy like Anthony Davis or a guy like. Kawhi, not but probably not Kawhi because he only has one year left. But a guy like Anthony Davis or Damian Lillard, somebody like that, where you know he's young enough that he can carry the franchise, he's a great enough player. Like we, the Lakers probably have a lot of good players or average, average to good right now. That's what those guys have shown to be. But to win a championship, you need great. And while you do need good players as well, you do need a great player. And great players are hard to find, as opposed to good. So we need more players in that are circulating on that roster as opposed to just good and that's the normal average kind of thing. So when I'm watching this Laker team, I'm still waiting to see who's going to be that guy that can step up and be that guy that can be the second 20 points per game scorer or whatever the case may be. Like Brandon's around 15 and so Lonzo's around 9 or 10 and... Kuzma's right under 15 or so. And you need somebody to step up and be that guy who's going to drop in 20 points consistently. Like, we count LeBron's 28. Yeah, we know it's coming. But then we need another guy that's going to fill that Kyrie or Dwayne Wade role and be like, yeah, we're going to get 22 from this guy or 24 from this guy or 20. But we don't see that yet from this Lakers team. And LeBron's trying to give them the room to develop, to become that. That's why he doesn't always want to do these takeover games. That's when you see a game like Orlando and they end up losing. And they get squashed because in those moments when the game is in the balance and you feel like a run can happen, LeBron didn't put his foot on the gas and the Lakers get squashed. So it's definitely something I think is going to be really interesting to watch. I think everybody should keep an eye out on that. And I'm going to change gears real quick. I don't want to go into the full scope of it because the game was such. We're pretty much on the next week now, especially with the Thanksgiving games. But the Rams and Chiefs game, just want to say greatest game I've seen all season. Of course, it was a crazy game, a thriller. I Those two guys, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, I mean, they're definitely MVP contenders, but I definitely feel as though Patrick Mahomes having five turnovers really hurt his case. I mean, there's no, there's no question about that, but it's also concerning to me that the Rams got forced five turnovers and still only won by three against the Chiefs. So, when we're I that I still think that right now, as currently right now, the Saints are the best team in football. If we're talking about defense and offense, because the Rams not having a keep to leave is showing in so many ways when you're seeing guys like Tyree Kill and other guys burn them all over the like all over the playing field for numerous scores. And it's just not even subtle at this point. Like they're literally taking advantage of the Rams defense all the time. And so the Rams had two two defensive scores in that game, condoling uh, congrats to Aaron Donald for the multiple strip sacks and Samson Ebukam for the recoveries and the scores. And then as well as the picks that they got on Patrick Mahomes. So if they don't get those defensive scores, the Rams, are, I mean, that game is going to be a murder and, in a couple of ways. They had yeah, a the Ram's will put up points too, but uh, definitely the chiefs might've have eventually have ran away with it at some point. If it wasn't for the fact that the Rams defense forced turnovers and showed up when they needed to. So, I think right now we have to give the Saints that respect as the best team. I've been saying it all year. I feel like they're on this revenge tour, similar to the Spurs in 2014 after they lost to the Heat after all the on the Ray Allen three-point corner shot. That next year the Spurs were on a tear throughout the league, and they didn't even they didn't play any games with the Heat in the finals. They knew they should have won the championship the year before, and the next year they came back for blood. And it showed in so many ways. So I feel like the Saints are on that same tip now where they feel like the Minnesota miracle was exactly what it was, a miracle. And they feel like it was a fluke, that they should have been the team to play Philadelphia. They should have been the team to go to the Super Bowl. And they felt like they should have been the team to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and win the Super Bowl last year. So you can see it in their play and their level of focus this season. They're not playing any games just as well as they shouldn't. And that was one of the reasons why me as a Rams fan, I mean, that was the last team I wanted to lose to in the regular season because essentially the Chiefs and Rams could both win out from this point on. But the the, sorry, the Rams and Saints could both win out from this point on. But the Rams, the, despite the fact they would have the same record because the Saints beat the Rams earlier in the season, if they were to go head to head, the Saints would get home field advantage because they won the matchup. They will get the tiebreaker because they won their individual game against the Rams. And everybody knows the last place you want to go to to play the Saints is the Superdome. Nobody wants to go there to play the Saints. It's just, it's hellacious the way the fans turn out and the way how loud that place gets. You just don't want to play them there. They're almost unbeatable there. So when you're looking at that situation, your hope, the Rams at this point, they might be the second or third best team in football, but they definitely need or got to hope that after coming out of the bye week, they come out with a more healthy defense and just they have to solidify that secondary because the secondary gets abused on way too many occasions and their, their run game, their defense against the run is a, it's, it's pretty bad in a lot of circumstances. So. I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on that to see how that plays out. It's going to be interesting to watch how the Saints perform against the Falcons. I definitely want to see how that game goes, especially since they are the marquee team right now in terms of the standard in the NFL. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But guys, I appreciate you guys tuning into the KBR Sports Podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast, maybe while eating some a huge turkey leg or something like that. But definitely, guys. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the day. Make sure you are thankful. Enjoy all the Black Friday deals and all that as well. So, guys, capitalize on all those things and make sure you guys follow and subscribe to the podcast. Comment and like as well. And make sure you leave a rating. If you're listening on iTunes, leave a comment on I- on YouTube, a like on wherever platform you are listening to. And guys, I will see you next time. I am out.